Hello, I'm Pastor Lisa Autar, the Associate Minister here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. We welcome you and we wish you and your family a happy Easter from all of us here to you. We thank you today for joining us for the message. In John chapter 19, we read of the account of Jesus' crucifixion. If you have your Bibles, join me as we start from verse 16. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that the scripture was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can come into your house and read your word. And Lord, indeed, we pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts to hear from you. May your Holy Spirit indeed lead and guide us. And may you inspire us, O oh God, to be changed and transformed. And so, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us and that you would help us to be obedient as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I remember one birthday opening a present that one of my family members had given me. And after opening this present, while I was appreciative of the jester, I thought to myself, why on earth would they give me this? Why would they gift this to me? It was something that I would never use, something that I had never thought of getting, and something I could never see myself using. And so I was grateful for the thought, but I couldn't see myself using it. But like every good gift giver, this family member included a gift receipt. 
So that meant I was now able to take the item, the thing I didn't want, back to the store, give it back to them, and exchange it for something I actually wanted, something that I would use and something that would be meaningful to me. And as I think about that, I think about the fact that Good Friday is a lot like that, a day in history that changed everything, a day when the great exchange happened, when Jesus took everything in the world that was bad and somehow managed to change it into something good for us. And because of what he did on the cross, we can now come to him and bring all of those bad things to him and exchange it for something good. And as we look to the cross, we can come and we can exchange it all at the cross. At the cross, we can exchange our suffering and our pain for healing. We are able to come to the cross and bring him our suffering, our pain, all that we are, and leave it down and take up healing that he wants to give us. Jesus had undergone terrible beatings that night, and after that, he faced the mockery of the soldiers, and then what he had in store for him was the hurled insults from bystanders who were in the crowd. Every wound inflicted on Jesus' body brought us healing. Every beating that he took, every lash that he endured, every stripe on his body was to bring us healing. The Bible tells us, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. His stripes bring us healing today. In our world today, there is so much pain and there is so much suffering. And people suffer in different ways. And whether you're suffering physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially, whatever way you may be suffering or in pain, know that Jesus desires to give us healing. He desires to heal every part of us and in every way bring healing to us. There are so many people in our world who walk around with smiles on their face but inside are so broken. They are hurting so badly. And maybe today you're one of those people where people don't see the hurt that you carry, where people don't know how you really feel inside, where no one knows what's going on in your life, but you can be sure that God does and he cares about you. People walk around with pain from past hurts or abuse that they have endured. Pain from the loss of a loved one recently or even many years ago. Pain from illness or disease that they face. Pain from failure or fear, and the list goes on. There are so many things that people are hurting with and hurting from in our world today. And when we come to the cross, we can experience true healing. The wounds of one man brought healing to many. Have you experienced that healing that we can find in Jesus? Healing comes in different ways, and we can come to him and 
ask him to heal us, ask him to help us, ask him to take away that pain in that suffering and give us his healing. That same hand that healed the sick, that calmed the storms, that commanded the dead to come forth is the hand that heals us. He carries our healing in his hands. Have you received that healing from him? Because he desires to give it to you. We can exchange our pain and our suffering at the cross for his healing. We can also exchange our sin and shame for forgiveness. We can come to God and bring him our sin and our shame and know that he is willing to forgive us. Do you ever feel guilty at times in your life for things in your past? Have you ever felt ashamed of how you've acted or treated someone or for the things that you've said or for the things that you've done? I know that I have. I know that many of us could probably say that we have felt ashamed in different ways. You see, Jesus' blood was shed in order so that we could be forgiven. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus' blood had to be shed, and he was willing to be that sacrifice. He was willing to take that place for us. In the Old Testament, we read about people who had to constantly bring sacrifices to the tabernacle or to the temple in order for them and for their family to be atoned for their sins. Jesus was that sacrifice once and for all that covered the past, the present, and the future. And so when we trust in him, when we come to him and truly repent of our sins and ask him to forgive us, he is willing to extend that same forgiveness to us today. How good it is to know that when we come to him, he is willing. When we come to him, he's willing to clean us up. He's willing to change us. He's willing to forgive us and make us new. That we don't have to carry around those sins. Sin is that dirty thing that separates us from God. It keeps us distant from God and held back. And so that we can't have a relationship with God. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. What Jesus received on the cross was what we deserved to get. He willingly took the punishment of the cross for us. He took our place so that we didn't have to endure it. Understand this. Jesus' life was not taken. It was not taken because he chose to give it up. He willingly laid down his life and surrendered himself so that we could be saved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You no longer have to walk around holding on to the past. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been or what you've done or what has happened in your life, know that when we come to the cross of Christ and surrender all that we are to him, that we can now leave new, changed, and restored. At the cross, sin and shame are powerless. God offers us his forgiveness. We can exchange that for his forgiveness.
at the cross, we can also exchange our burdens for freedom. We can exchange our burdens, the things that we carry, the things that we hold onto for freedom in Christ. In order for the people to fasten Jesus to the cross, nails had to be driven in his hands and his feet to hold him there. Those nails pierced his hands and pierced his feet to give us freedom today. Whether we realize it or not, we all live in bondage. We all live in bondage and we're slaves to sin. We're slaves to the enemy who we call Satan. When Adam and Eve originally sinned in the Garden of Eden, when they sinned and gave in to that temptation, what they were actually doing was surrendering their freedom and giving over their rights to Satan. And so he has all of us enslaved because we all have a sinful nature. We all are born with that inclination to sin, to do evil. But Christ came so that he could set us free. Christ came so that we no longer have to be slaves to sin, so that we no longer have to be in bondage and walk around as prisoners. He came to set us free. He came to break every chain that keeps us in bondage, every chain that holds us back from having a deeper relationship with him. Some of you today need to be set free from those chains. Some of you today are being held in the bondages of lying, in the bondages of stealing or in pornography, of alcohol or recreational drugs. Some of you are being held in the bondages of anger or depression, of lust or sexual sin. And Jesus has come so that we no longer have to be held in those bondages, but that we could be free. He has come to set the captives free. There is freedom from the chains that bind us in the name of Jesus. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He canceled the record of the charges against us. Paul writes this in Colossians, and when he wrote this, what he was referring to was the common practice at the time, where criminals who were serving their jail time would have the crimes that they committed written on a board. And so the board was listed there with their crime and the correlating punishment that they deserved because of the crime. And so it was kept there as a reminder, but then also for them to keep track of how much longer they had to serve or what their sentence would be. Then at the end of their sentence, when they had served their time, the jailkeeper would stamp on the board or the paper or the bill, whatever it was, tetelestai. That is the Greek word which literally translates to, it is finished. Or in other words, paid in full. Their sentence was paid. The price that they owed was paid. If it was a bill, it was paid. There was no longer anything owing, anything remaining. Christ's redemptive work on the cross, his atonement that he gave us, when he literally cried out, 
it is finished. What he was saying is the price had been paid, that the bill was taken care of, that there was no longer anything that we owe, that there was nothing against us, that, there, that our debt was canceled. He paid the price that we could not owe. He paid that so that we could be free. We could experience freedom. At the cross, we can also exchange our death and separation from God for eternal life. Our death and our separation from God for the gift of eternal life. Think about that. At the cross, Jesus was given a crown of thorns and now we have in store to look forward to the crown of life because of what he did. You see, it not only was a sacrifice Jesus made to forgive us, but in his death and resurrection, he conquered death and the grave and was able to open up the doors to paradise for us. He was able to do that which no one else was able to do, but him alone, the spotless lamb. So one day we can spend eternity with him in heaven. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we can exchange it one day and receive the reward that he has promised each and every one of us, the gift of eternal life. He made eternal life possible for us. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. My friends, the reality is, that there is only one way to heaven, that there is only one way, and that is through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Many people hope and pray and wish that they will go to heaven one day, that they will experience eternal life or whatever may be out there. But I tell you today that there is a heaven. There is a home in glory waiting for you. And all we need to do is place our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Believe in him, repent of our sins, and we can be assured of that. We don't have to wish, we don't have to hope, but we can be certain of the future in Christ. And so we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear tomorrow or what tomorrow holds because we can be certain of our eternal destination. You see, as I think of the cross, I think of the fact that in Jesus' day, the cross was a symbol of shame and embarrassment. It was a symbol of fear and torture. Today, the cross not only reminds us of God's forgiveness, but his love. It not only reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice, but it reminds us of the fact that we have hope because of that sacrifice. It reminds us of a love that can never change, a love that will never fade, a love that will never be tarnished or grow old, but God's love that is never ending, that knows no bounds, that is for us, not against us. Yet, God loves us so much, and he wants to have a relationship 
with each and every one of us. Even though he knows the depths of our heart. Even though he sees the good, the bad, and the ugly. Even though he sees who we really are and sees our motives and our thoughts and our inmost beings, he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And he loves us. There's a beautiful hymn that says, On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. At the cross of Christ, we can exchange it for a crown. Have you ever wondered why we refer to this day, the day Christ died, as Good Friday? It seems kind of strange, doesn't it? I mean, Friday was the day that he who was celebrated had become despised, that he who was innocent was punished like the guilty. He who was the lion was slaughtered like the lamb. That doesn't seem like anything good. And consider the Pharisees and their motives. For them, it was a premeditated murder, although it was actually a predestined sacrifice. They thought they were taking his life, though in fact, he was actually surrendering it. Death was their goal, yet life was the outcome because God had other plans for us. He made one day affect all of eternity. He turned the wounds of one into healing for many. He transformed our worst acts of hate into the greatest expression of love. Today, on this Good Friday, we can rest assured because Jesus willingly chose the cross for us so that at the cross, we can hand over our sin in exchange for righteousness. We can lay down our burdens and pick up freedom. We can come broken, yet leave restored. The enemy thought it was going to be a bad day, but now we call it good. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this Good Friday. We thank you for this day that you willingly surrendered your life to take our place. And God, as we reflect on your sacrifice, as we reflect on what you did for us, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for your body that was broken and for your blood that was shed. We thank you for paying a price that we could not owe, that we could not afford, that we could not pay ourselves. And so God, we thank you for what you did. We thank you for what you accomplished. And we thank you that your death was not the end of the story, but that you conquered death and that you live and you reign today. And so we thank you for who you are. We place our faith and our trust in you once again. And we ask that you would help us to take all of the bad things in our life and exchange it at the cross for the things that you died in order to give us, for your sacrifice that you made. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. God bless you.